Do our capital schools need a security overhaul? That's our question tonight on India Decides. And we ask this because when it comes to crimes against children, Delhi reports the highest rate in the country. Now news of this horrific kidnap and murder of two siblings just a day after news broke of the rape of a seven-year-old in a municipality school in outer Delhi. I'm Vishnu Shom. Here are your headlines. Diesel prices have been hiked by one rupee a litre for bulk consumers. Non-subsidised domestic cooking gas prices have been slashed by 37.50 per cylinder. The finance minister tells NDTV he chose to mention the number of super-rich in his budget in order to shock people that only a handful of people admit to earning more than a crore a year. Sources say the Wharton Business School management is concerned about having Narendra Modi as a keynote speaker at an event. Talks are on with the student's body that invited the Gujarat chief minister. The police say a Delhi-based businessman was the mastermind behind acquiring the call data records of senior politicians such as Arun Jaitley but don't share any other details. At least three more people have been killed in fresh clashes in Bangladesh following the death sentence awarded to a top Islamist leader, making the total number of dead 56. The opposition and other groups call for a three-day strike. protest against those killings in that Awami League says that BNP has taken the side of the war criminal. But be that as it may, at the moment, Bangladesh on oil, Dhaka on oil. In an interview to NDTV, the finance minister, Mr. Chidambaram, has explained why he chose to mention the number of super-rich people who are facing an additional tax surcharge following the latest budget. Chidambaram says his purpose was to shock people into knowing that only a handful of people admit to earning a crore or more a year. But I think one of the issues that struck a lot of people was when you said that there are 43,000 people. 42,800. 40, yeah, so are you for, one of them? But <laughs> that apart, 42,800 people who are earning more than a certain sum of money. No, I guess no, I the question that. That, occurred, that occurred to everybody is that number is shockingly low. If you go to any wedding, you look at the number of people buying, you know, merks and going and shopping in Emporio, there's probably a larger number of people. So one of the questions that people have is that, how can we take more efforts to make sure that more people are coming forward and honestly paying tax? Okay, I'm glad you asked the question. One of the purposes of mentioning that number was to shock everyone who reads it or hears it. It's indeed shocking that only 42,800 persons in this country, that includes individuals, HUF, firms, yeah. associations of persons, admit to a taxable income of one crore and above. They are earning more. Many are earning more, but they admit to a taxable income of one crore or more. I should think that Delhi alone will have more than that number. Anyway, the idea is that, and I'm glad that you asked the question because I have an opportunity to speak now. You cannot hide any longer. We have far too much information about people's expenditure patterns, uh, their financial transactions. All this data has not been mined in the past because we did not have the technology, we did not have the human resources, and perhaps not enough attention was paid. For example, we have issued notices to 35,000 people 
saying that on the basis of information we have, you should have filed your return. Why have you not filed your return? Another 35,000 notices are going next week. Therefore, today the best policy is to admit your income and pay tax. And I'm confident that if more people heed my advice, there will be more who join the ranks of people who have high incomes. There's no shame in having a high income. I was a lawyer. I had a high income. And I never felt ashamed of saying I have a high income. Today I have a very low income. That's a different matter. But if you have a high income, admit to it and pay the tax. Right, one final question perhaps as to where you are headed personally and you, you move from the Home Ministry to the Finance Ministry, which might well be something that you wanted to do. I'm already seeing some news magazines today having on their cover Prime Minister Chidambaram. Uh, does that frighten you? Is that, the, is that the worst thing that somebody should be saying for someone's <laughs> political career? You see, I'm amused by such uh, writing. I've made it very clear that I want to conserve a few years of my life to do the things that I want to do. Not that I don't want to do what I'm doing now. I, I, I try to enjoy what I'm doing at any given time. I was asked to move to the Home Ministry and I was asked to move back to the Finance Ministry. Both are party decisions and I uh, abide by the party's directive. But I'm clear in my mind that I want to conserve a few years to do the things that I really want to do. And that is travel, write, read, and if anyone is willing to listen to me, lecture. All right, the finance minister in that exclusive interview to NDTV. Well, last night we brought you the story of how a seven-year-old child was raped in a municipal school in outer Delhi, prompting large protests in the area. Today the story is also very sad. The murder of two siblings, aged five and seven, who were kidnapped from their school in East Delhi just a few days back. Their bodies were dumped in the Pragati Medan area in the heart of the national capital. The common thread in both stories, just how vulnerable children are in a place they should feel most secure, their school. Angry mothers taking to the streets, demanding to know how the police intend to provide security for their children. This after two heavily decomposed bodies of siblings were found in Pragati Medan, in the heart of the national capital. A seven-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl were kidnapped from their convent school in East Delhi on February 26th. While school rules say young children can only be picked up from school by their parents or designated guardians, the siblings were allowed to leave the school with someone else. The incident follows close on the heels of a report of a seven-year-old girl being raped at an NDMC school in northwest Delhi, which also saw violent protests in the area. The New Delhi Municipal Corporation, which runs the school, suspended five school staff members, including the principal and the school inspector, for their utter neglect. Police say they have questioned several men, including some male teachers and also some parents and guardians who had access to the school that afternoon. They are also preparing a sketch through the help of the victim. And besides looking for the accused, police are also probing the culpability of the MCD school authorities since this horrific tragedy 
took place within the premises of the school. Abhi investigation hamari focused hai us school mein jitne bhi log hain jo school se connected hain chahe wo teachers ho chahe staff ho ya school ki kisi bhi activities se jude hue log ho hamari investigation mein hum un sabhi logo ko question kar rahe hain jo ki jinka access school mein ho sakta tha Two days two protests and a double shocker for the national capital an ordinary day to school turned out to be the kids worst nightmare but as the anger is spilling on the delhi police on the streets of the national capital many are questioning the role of the school authorities from east to west an mcd school or a private one people are now questioning are our kids safe inside our schools in new delhi with tonama biswas sonal mehrotra ndtv Are our kids safe in their schools? That's a story. That's that's a concern of lakhs of parents, not just in the national capital, but all over this country. And the numbers are quite frightening. Uh, and if we're going to focus in Delhi for the moment, that's because the common thread between these two stories that we've been bringing you—the story yesterday of a seven-year-old child who was raped in a municipality school in Delhi—and the story today of the murder of two children, two siblings. because they were kidnapped from their school which eventually resulted in their murder the, the the strand is common it is the safety of children in their schools joining us to discuss this dr kiran walia minister for women and child development and social welfare in the delhi government nina naik member of the national commission for protection of child rights and onika mehrotra the principal of kalka public school here in in new delhi well i spoke to dr walia a little while earlier on and i began by asking her about her reactions to this latest tragedy two siblings 5 and 7 kidnapped from their school and then murdered their bodies dumped in the heart of of the national capital in the pragati maidan area not only shameful but it's uh, i mean something that one can't comprehend at all it's incomprehensible so it's uh, uh, you know like i can understand that this obviously the kind of laxity that has been uh, practiced all this time is uh, not by all schools but by many schools is something that uh, cannot continue and so much of uh, accountability is required we uh, our delhi commission for child protection rights is already uh, you know processing and uh, finalizing the rules which the schools have to observe or any homes you know under whose care and protection the children are but dr walia do you at times feel helpless because you people the media just keeps discussing this politicians come out with statements yes laws exist these laws are getting better but nothing seems to change children remain as vulnerable today no, I, in the national capital as always i would say full helpless i think nothing should ever make us helpless in the face of uh, you know however complicated an issue delhi is also a kind of a transit uh, for uh, you know children who are being trafficked it's both a destination but so much as a transit route so we have to uh, you know uh, coordinate with the neighboring states maybe jharkhand west bengal and so on from where uh, number of children are coming but 60% of rape cases unfortunately are minor girls and uh, we as delhi government are also uh, you know uh, now on the verge of uh, establishing fast track courts for Uh, children also you speak about fast track courts to deal with cases involving children but how soon do you expect this to be implemented because what you are saying is very significant 
No, no, no. Very, very soon, assure me, I'll, our proposal from the WCD department is ready because there, there is already a model co uh, model for this. You know, the one High Court uh, judge has already prepared and which we'd like to uh, follow and implement because we cannot put this child in a hostile environment and a very unfriendly environment. So you're, you're referring to the hostile environment in court that children are sometimes exposed to. That's what you're referring to. Hostile environment in court, hostile in the sense that you, a small child should not be made to identify. A small child, can it can only be through teleconferencing, it can only be through different means. So there is already a protocol for that. And once the situation is there, then you have to somehow tackle it. You can't just uh, say that it doesn't exist. So it's time that, uh, you know, children's rights are uh, severely... Right. And very seriously protected, yes. Okay, well, and I, I feel yes. I share the agony, and beyond that, our duty is not only to share. As government, we have to provide, but uh, means to address the issues. But I would also like to appeal through your channel that it's as much a responsibility of parents. They also have to be careful how they're sending their child to school, how they're collecting the child from the school. Well, let me just bring in uh, Nina Naik uh, at this stage. Nina, the statistics are, are horrific. Uh, Delhi has the highest rate of crime against children, 2011. Uh, 4,250, this is the National Crime Records Bureau statistics, 4,250 reported crimes against children in Delhi in 2011. Delhi ranked number two in the number of children kidnapped in 2011. 3,528 child kidnapping cases in Delhi. And you heard Kiran Walia there speak about how Delhi is a transit point for a lot of vulnerable children. Just how bad is it in our national capital? Because these must be some of the worst statistics that exist, not just in India, but in the world. Yes, yes. The, at, the national, at the National Commission, we are very, very perturbed. We are very disturbed. How is the kind of criminal, criminalization this is happening? How is it happening? Why are the numbers increasing? And one is, are we only looking at response mechanism or have we done something to prevent it? Yeah. That is what we need to really dialogue about it. And these, these two incidents in Delhi and the one in Maharashtra, Bandara, are simply unpardonable. Within a protective environment, parents send children so that they have an education. Should they keep them at home? So within the, within the school environment, how did this happen? I mean, the, the, we have wonderful acts. We have the, we have now the Protection of Children Against uh, Sexual Offences Act. We have the Juvenile Justice System. Now we have a new scheme, Integrated Child Protection Scheme. Government is coming up with all sorts of responses, but I think it's just not enough. We need to look at out-of-box solutions. Does the police have to do community policing? Do we have to? Does the education department now? It's the Women and Child Development Department. The ministry that is coming up with the protection mechanism. Now, why can't they converge with the schooling? Most of the children are most of the life spending the time in school, most of the day in school. So I think even protective environments have to be built into school systems, into education department. Then what about the hostels? What about the other boarding schools? I think nowhere a child is safe. I can imagine the agony of these two parents. And now if, you know, how I think the confidence level of the others in society, other families also is just going down. I think really you need to act very fast. The state government, the missionary and Police has to make children a priority. If you look at the SJPUs, Delhi is far advanced, far ahead of the other states because they have their own uh, website. They are pretty rea uh, you know, reactive and when there is a FIR file. But if you go into the hinterlands, if you go to the other states, 
I'm yep. really sad to tell you that response is really poor. Government has to pull up its socks and close monitoring. We are trying our best, but even the commission has its own limitations. We are an independent body, but not as independent as we should be. Mm. I'll come to that point in just a moment. Uh, Onika Mehrotra is the principal of, of Kalka Public School, one of the leading schools in the national capital. Uh, as you see these cases, what, what can really be done to enhance the safety of the smallest children or children across the board? Because it's, it's, it seems that, s that children in school are as vulnerable as they are outside. You're right, but see, as far as schools are concerned, their arrival and departure are closely monitored. But we are we face a lot of problem when it comes to when they don't send the, the same person again to pick up a child. And if you keep them back in school, they create a uh, chaos there that when we have called out, why don't you send a child? And it becomes very difficult for us to handle such situations. At times, they have the cousins coming and picking up. We avoid the, those kind of situations, but then uh, the parents come the next day that this is not done, we are busy, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Though we have given, as far as I'm concerned, I can tell you that we, we have given um, uh, the uh, I cards to the uh, concerned authorities. Suppose a mother or the father, who's, whosoever is coming, has been given a card, which is shown the gate, and only then the child is allowed. This happens when the child has been picked up by the parents. But what happens when the children are picked up by the drivers or the private vehicles? That's the time we are at loss. Yes. How many times can we keep uh, keeping a track who is taking the child? And the moment we uh, stop the child from going back home and we have to face all the next day they come and uh, create but a the, chaos But there. the child's card has to be given, has to be in the possession of the person picking up no, the child. No, even if it comes, there are changes of faces also. Right. And the drivers keep changing. The, the old one doesn't give it to the new one and so on and so forth. So even we are facing problem in monitoring it. Despite the fact that we've been writing the parents and look at the situation, all we can do is, you know, make sure that children are in the school and while they depart, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, our teachers are there on the gate uh, till the uh, school gate, gate closed. But we have seen, even if the children are out of the school gate, parents do not come to pick them up also. But it's, it's a valid point. Nina, would you like to just, uh, you know, talk about this? No, no, I think we have to have very strict. No, I think the school has to have a very strict mechanism. We are doing it, that man. We are doing it. We are doing it. Excuse me, I am running into like thirty years. We are facing this problem a lot. You must bear with it, with us. We are taking utmost care. At times, the relatives keep coming in. No, we are taking utmost care. Make it very clear to these parents. We do that. We do that. But at times, they have general problems also. And what we do is we verify from. Excuse me. We verify it from the concerned authorities on phone call. We can't, can't recognize who's talking. And we can't allow the child to recognize. At times, the child does recognize. No. Yeah, my uncle, hai, yeah, my cousin. No, no my do we listen. Do? Once the school enters, and once the school enters into your premises, it is your responsibility. I know that. No we know our responsibilities. But when there the child no becomes a child. You make the parents understand. You make the parents understand. We have done that. The parents don't, volunteer also. don't you think we will not be parents to volunteer? Are equally worried about the same, this, this uh, part of it? Departures and arrival See, are... See, this school, uh, no, in this instance, this is instance that... I'll give you an example. A maid came to pick up the child, a new one, and uh, she asked the guard. Guard said, Sab chale hmm. the, the, the mother was a working woman. She called her the police. And we had the police All people right. coming so, in. You, know, you talk about no, larger no, issues no, no, over no, here, no. but I think the bottom line is is the safety of children. What Absolutely. systems need to exactly. be implemented? That comes That's first. perhaps something that we need to debate first. Uh, I'd like to thank both of you for joining us. And I think it's, 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 it's just so sad what we keep reporting day after day. And now these two children kidnapped from their school, murdered, and then their bodies dumped. It doesn't get worse than this anywhere in the world. Certainly, 
It's just another day, it seems, in the national capital. We're going to take a short break. There's more coming up. Protests continue to rage in Dhaka. 56 people have been killed so far in police action in the Bangladeshi capital, including three people today. Protests broke out after the Jamaat-e-Islami leader, Delwar Saidi, was found guilty of committing war crimes during the 1971 war for independence and was sentenced to death. The Jamaat-e-Islami has called for a nationwide strike on Sunday and Monday, while the opposition leader, Khalid Azir, has also called for a strike on Tuesday. Shahbag of Dhaka, the spot in the city where the youth congregated from the 5th of February demanding death sentence for war criminals. And look at what this young protester over here is saying. Fashi, Fashi, death by hanging. lady certainly has the crowd mesmerized. Sure, the crowd today is not what it was in the heyday of this Shahabad protest that we saw. But who is to say that we don't have thousands and thousands turning up tomorrow? But it is this Shahabad that set the scene for this latest round of confrontation in Bangladesh between people demanding death sentence for the war criminals and the other lot saying that this entire exercise of trying the war criminals is flawed, it's wrong. And so we have two days of bunt called by the Jamaat-e-Islami on Sunday and Monday and another day of Hartal called by the BNP on Tuesday. And this crowd here at Shahabad is saying that the Hartal will not be allowed, doors will open, colleges will open, schools will open, shops will open and the wheels of Dhaka will turn. No end then to the violence in Bangladesh. It's time now for us to take a short break. You've been watching NDTV 24-7.